0: So open your Bibles to 2 Corinthians 4, part 3. I appreciate you being here. You are the saved Baptist. Normal Baptist. once they get baptized, they hate water. So uh, we're grateful you're here today. We are part 3. Now we're going to have to work through this passage It may be one of the most powerful statements in the entire scripture. He talked about the fact, remember part one, going in, and and remember he's struggling. He's got a lot of issues in his life personally. He's got issues with the church. He's got issues of, of persecution and difficulty in his life. So he talked about the fact, number one, that we have this huge treasure in earthly vessels. The Holy Spirit indwells us. We have a chance to really display the glory of God. It's an amazing thing. Then he talked last week, he mentioned four problems and then gave us four promises that if we believe and stand in the middle of, we'll get through them. Talked about the fact we're going to encounter some pressure, we're going to encounter some times when we doubt, we're going to be hunted down by the enemy, and there's sometimes, not for everybody, but sometimes something really tough is going to happen in our life, and it literally just casts us down. But he said if we trust in the promises of God, that we can get through those problems. Now... He comes to the last section of Scripture before he goes in next Sunday morning where we'll look at uh, what exactly does happen when you die. Now, so now he steps into a situation where he's going to describe something. Every person born, if you stay lost, you face one choice. If you become a believer, you face two choices every person born we're all born without christ obviously we're born lost and at some point all of us face one choice and that is what do we do with jesus at some point the holy spirit is going to speak to us tell us lift the veil show us who jesus is at which point he gives us the faith to believe and we choose at that point whether we will or not believe what the holy spirit says to us and give ourselves to christ and trust that his blood really is the payment for our sin so Everybody has that choice. Now, if you come to that place and you say, no, you don't ever face the second choice. If, though, you come to the place where you say, all right, I do believe in the the lifting of the veil, I believe in the blood of Jesus, I put my faith there because I need it, now you face second choice. The second choice is going to be whether or not you live in a way that honors him or doesn't honor him. There's a weird little statement in the, we don't have time to go there, but in in the book of 1 Corinthians, he talks about the rewards that come to believers after they die, and he talks about the fact that those rewards are varied. Some people do get more rewards than others. And then he makes this weird statement. He says, there are some who will suffer so much loss at the evaluation that they will be saved, but then he adds this little phrase, as if through fire. In other words, you're saved, but just barely. So now I face a choice as a believer. Will I live in a way... That does create certain rewards for me when I die. Now, Paul, in this last section, part three, is going to walk us through this. Now, we're going to have to cover a little bit of ground today. Football's not on yet. The games that matter are not on yet. And the Cowboys have no defense. But at any rate... Look in chapter 4, verse 13. Now listen as we walk through this passage. We're going to walk through it sequentially, and then we're going to come to the end. He says, we have the same spirit of faith based on what is written. I believe, therefore, speak, and we believe, and therefore, we speak. In other words, everything we do is based on what we believe. Now, here's what, here's the, now watch what he says. Here's what we believe, therefore, we act on it. Knowing that the one who has raised the Lord Jesus shall raise us with Jesus and bring us together with you. So there's our salvation. He says we believe in Jesus. We know that Jesus will raise us. Now, we're going to look at this in the next couple weeks. Man, there's so much in this passage. We're going to really just hang there with me. Resurrection for you and me doesn't mean that we die, we don't go to be with Jesus, and then one day we're resurrected and we're with him. No, 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 no. Passage coming up says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. This body decays off and we get a new body in the resurrection. We've talked about that before. Somebody saw the picture that my wife posted on Facebook of our early married days. And the comment I got was I had hair back then. And my response to that is is because I hadn't started pastoring yet. Pastoring is like a Hoover vacuum cleaner. It just sucks it completely off. But when we die and we get new bodies, here's what's going to happen. Those of us that were short and bald here are tall and good-looking there. Those of you tall and good-looking here, you're going to look like this when you get there. Okay. So we get a resurrected body, okay? Bummer for you, but that's the way it works. So he says, we're going to be raised with him. We'll be with you. Now listen to what he says. All these things are because of you in order that the grace might extend to other people, abounding in thanksgiving that results in the glory of God. Now listen to what he says, okay? I choose to become a believer. Now, as a believer, I encounter, and I'm going to tell you, you get extra difficulty as a Christian. It's a lot harder as a Christian to live than it is a lost person. You now have boundaries. You have, you have directions that lost people don't have. So, now, in these difficulties, as I live in them, I dispense, so listen to what he says, that the grace of God might abound. I dispense through my life God's grace everywhere I go even though I'm going through pressure even though I'm going through periods of doubt even though I'm going through times when the enemy's attacking me even when I'm cast down I am still because I believe in what God says about Jesus raising me and because I believe that he has control of the situation I even in those times dispense grace you catch somebody at work that's struggling you dispense grace you sit down with and you say listen jesus can alter who you are somebody wrongs you you dispense grace you offer them forgiveness where they weren't expecting your forgiveness you give grace out through your actions and your vow and, and your mouth and your life You dispense grace. Now look at what he says. That grace results in thanksgiving. So here's what happens. I come to Christ. No matter what the pressure is, I'm dispensing grace everywhere I go. And as I do that, here's what he says. It will result in thanksgiving. That is the people to whom I dispense grace, for the most part, will actually be grateful for that grace. Now there are going to be people that don't like us as Christians. I got that. I shared Wednesday night. I, I discovered something this week I really hadn't seen before in the scripture, but it's an interesting deal. You have Joseph, right? Who does he serve closest to? Whom? Pharaoh. Pharaoh and Joseph are totally different in their belief system, right? Absolutely. They're totally different in their morals, they're totally different in their values. Daniel serves Nebuchadnezzar. Another one, they're totally different in their beliefs, totally different in their values. Don't worship the same God. Nehemiah serves the king Artaxerxes, totally different in their value system, totally different in their gods, totally different in everything. Now, all three guys had people in all three communities that didn't like them. But here's the interesting thing to me. All three guys were beloved by the men they served. Pharaoh is pumped when Joseph says, so your family's coming? It says it pleased Pharaoh, and he said, listen, I'll give you the best of the land. Nebuchadnezzar is moved by Daniel. He kills him. that he's going to have to put him in the lion's den. And Artaxerxes, with his wife on the throne, looks at Nehemiah and says, look, we'll let you go back and rebuild the walls, but when are you coming home? I think that's what happens. Joseph... Daniel and Nehemiah dispensed grace to men that didn't deserve it. When we do that, when we can have, we dispense grace to people that don't deserve it, and none of us deserve it, but when we dispense grace, it impacts them. Whether they respond to Jesus or not, there is a thanksgiving that wells up in their souls, and it impacts who they are. So understand, your grace in the middle of all these trials you face, you dispense this grace. It impacts people. Now watch else what he says, It abounds unto the glory of God. Now listen. When I dispense the grace, it reacts unto Thanksgiving. Now listen, because this is going to have bearing in a moment. God's glory falls. On every act I do. Every act. Every single time I dispense grace, God's glory falls on that act. So listen to what he said. I believe in Christ. I'm saved. I walk through difficult times in this life. So many things difficult. I mean, even at times, the good things are difficult. I don't share a lot of things on Facebook, but I shared this photo. There's this picture of what you thought it would be like parenting. And you got this picture of Mary Poppins, and she's got these two little kids with her, and they're all dressed, and they're just so sweet and idyllic. And then the next photo is what parenting is really like, and you got a picture of the guy in Jurassic World covering three raptors. That's right. Even the good things are difficult. But if in the middle of that I dispense grace that impacts people, God's glory falls on that act. Now, watch what he says. 2 Corinthians 4, 16. Therefore, we don't lose heart. Even though the outward man is wasting away. Now, listen to what he says. Everything he says has great bearing. The ultimate, single, hardest trial you will face is you are walking toward an enemy. The Bible says it is the last enemy that shall be destroyed. But you are walking toward dying everybody's walking toward dying. I don't care who you think you are. We are all headed toward that enemy. Now, it's an enemy. Now, post-enemy, after he's defeated, I have this great blessing, but it's an enemy. That's why when you face death, death bothers you even if you know where you're going after you die because you're walking into an enemy. You're going to have to face it. That's what's coming. I remember when I had... uh, Back surgery probably 20 years ago. Uh, the morning of my back surgery, the concept was in the hospital, let's just abuse the pastor. So one doctor came in, I can't even tell you what he did. Another doctor, another uh, the funeral director came in. He said, we're going to carry your bed down with six guys, three on each side. And that's what they did. It was like pallbearers carrying me all the way down to the OR. Then my anesthesiologist came in. And if you know anything about those things, you can't eat or drink anything after midnight. It's like 7 a.m. I'm dying. My anesthesiologist comes in, gives me two things. Number one, he drops on the bed six dozen jelly donuts. And then he gave me a book by Samuel Newland, Harvard Medical Professor. The title in the book was How We Die. It's, it's something about being beloved as a pastor that just warms my heart. So, get through the surgery, I decided I'll read the book. It's an interesting book. He talks about all the different ways we die, but then the tenor of the book was basically this. He said... And this is really what happened to my mother-in-law. Got to be 95. She just died. And he said, he said, the medical arena and, and all the JPs all want a reason for death. But then he made this statement. He said, sometimes our bodies just wear out. Now here's the deal. Whether you get struck by a car, whether you get shot, however, whatever happens, you live long enough. Your body will wear out. And we are all facing a moment of dying. And that is the ultimate trial we face. You say, why is that ultimate trial? Because God never intended for us to die. We die because we sin. God never intended that for us. That's why it's so good on this other side. Because we don't ever die again. So the people that I lose here, I don't lose ever again here. We're dying. Now listen to what he says. Our outward... Man is being destroyed, but our inner man is being renewed day by day. Holy Spirit's active in us. He's giving us scripture. He's he's using us. He's active doing any things in us. Now watch this. Here we go. Now he gives you contrast. He says, even in the middle of these four problems you may face, even in the middle of the worst thing you face, that you are going to die. Holy Spirit's at work inside you doing different things now watch this for the temporary light affliction three things what we're going through here is temporary it is light it is an affliction it is difficult but it is working in us now watch this an eternal heaviness of glory That is beyond comparison. Now listen and put all this together. I get saved. I decide to live for Christ. No matter what problem I face, I'm dispensing his grace. The dispensing of that grace is impacting other people. God's glory hits every single spot where I dispense grace. God's glory comes into my account. And that glory gets heavier and heavier and heavier. So that when you compare the 90 years you may live here, whatever affliction you have, whatever difficulty you have, it is temporary, it is light, it is difficult. But it produces, as I stand under it, and I still dispense grace in spite of it, then God's glory rests, and God's glory is eternal. It is heavy. It's not lost. That's the contrast. And here's the, let me take two cool things that for me are the deal. Number one, anything you do brings glory. Jesus made this statement. He said, even a cup, this size, right, of cold water, give it in my name, that person will not lose his reward. You go out tomorrow and you give somebody a cup of cold water, God's glory, as that grace is dispensed, and they're grateful for it, God's glory pops down and lands in your account because of that cup of cold water. You do not have to die on the mission field in China. Now, I appreciate Jim Elliott. He had, and I mean, for a guy to die in Ecuador, Ecuador and he always wanted to do that, that's great. But for most of us, that's not our calling. For most of us, our calling is the Brazos Valley, not China. Not the 1040 window, and you are not a lowly Christian if your heart isn't interested in the 1040 window. You're here. God's heart is for you to do something here. It is to dispense grace here. And it doesn't matter whether it's big or small. You dispense grace. God's glory pours on it. The glory gets heavier and heavier. Oh, and you can't lose it. You say, well, I sin. Yeah, but here's the cool thing about God. It's not a back and forth thing. Whatever glory hangs here, I give a cup of cold water. I go home. I do something stupid. That stupid thing does not erase the cup of cold water. How do I know that? Because the blood of Jesus wipes away every single sin. So the only thing I carry into eternity, I don't carry my sin. The only thing I carry into eternity is the heaviness of the glory based on how well I dispense grace underneath all the trials that I face. He said, well, what do I do then? Look at what he says in 18. Not focusing on the things we see, but the things we don't see. For the things we see are temporary, the things we don't see are eternal. Now, Bible says Matthew six thirty three. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, His righteousness. All these things will be added unto you. If God's added a lot of neat things to you, that's great. You got a nice house, nice car, nice clothes. That's great. But you don't focus on those things. You focus on His glory in the dispensing of God's grace. Focus. I tried to think of a perfect analogy. And then realize again, you know, I'm preaching to Aggies. I figured it out. It's the last game of the season. Kyle Field, 105,000 people there. Dave is announcing. Fourth down. One second left on the clock. If we punch the ball over the goal line, we're on the one-yard line. If we punch the ball over the goal line, we go to the college football playoffs. You have to play Alabama, but we still go to the college football playoffs. So it's fourth down. Quarterback takes the snap, hands the ball off to the running back. He hits the line. Looks like he gets over. He gets knocked back. Everybody's looking. One ref does this. The other ref goes. Because they were both from Auburn. So here we go. (laughs) So they have to look at the instant replay. They're going to show the replay at this end of Kyle Field. 105,000 people. Do you think that there would be a single person in that stand that would go, do you know what time we're going to be done with this? No. No. Every single person is locked on that scoreboard. Because they want to know, did he, did he not get over? That moment is the meaning behind the Greek word focused on the things we don't see, not focused on the things we do see. You get up in the morning, God blesses you with certain things materialistically, great. When you get up in the morning, your focus is on the things you don't see. You see a single mom she needs school supplies for her kid. You buy them for her. You dispense grace. Somebody works made you mad. You forgive them. You pray with people. You send a note to somebody at work that's lost their dad. You just send a quick email and you say, Listen, praying for you. You dispense grace. So when you get up in the morning, the only thing that matters in your head is, I want to, God, I want to dispense grace in a way that when I'm done. Your glory rest on what I did. It's not about us. It's about Him. We don't focus on what we see. We focus on a glory we can't see. But the Word of God says, falls on every grace dispensing we do. What? a tremendous promise in Christ. Nothing I do for him is ever lost. Let's pray. Father, we do face some tough times. We face some hard things in this life. But I thank you that you overcome that. I think it's temporary. It's light. Even though it's an affliction. But thank you And as I stand in that, it produces an eternal, heavy glory that I can spend the rest of my eternity honoring you with. Free us from the lies of the enemy into the belief of your heart. In Jesus Christ's name. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed. Never met Jesus time to do that. God's calling you to be a part of this fellowship as he speaks to your heart this morning. You come.